Hello, everybody, and welcome to part two of our Days of Red Stars Past CP23 episode, where Sandra and I talk about the transition from heartbreak in 2016 to kind of that final season with Christian Press in 2017. Um, we discuss kind of how that era ended and what legacy was left with the Red Stars after it was all done. Uh, just like in the last episode, I will leave links in the description to support uh, organizations that are fighting for justice for George Floyd and other um, members of the Black community who have been terrorized by police brutality um, and encourage you guys to give. Yeah, no, totally. I agree. I think that's an important perspective that you just shared with everybody in relation to sports. I think it's a good one to have. I think people should try it on more often for themselves and see how it feels. Um, I'm glad that we're sort of um, transitioning out of 2016 uh, into 2017 and doing it in a way where we're not uh, harping too, too much in the semifinal. Cause again, we're, we are going to have the semifinal episode for you guys. So stay tuned for that. And uh, we will get more into that 2016 semifinal and we'll also get into the <laughs> 2017 as well. But uh, we chose a number of games for the 2017 season uh, with Kristen press, which was, ultimately the final year uh for Kristen Press as a Chicago Red Star and um the two games that we put on there for you guys uh was a game in July also against uh Orlando because Kristen Press just had some really great goals against Orlando she really really does she's really just drags Orlando and um we chose a, a late game a season game uh in September uh, against uh, North Carolina Courage in uh, 2017 because we felt that that would also be a good transitional point to sort of talk about, uh, like sort of close out the Kristen Press era uh, while looking ahead to that 2017 semifinal, which is really what sort of closed the book on that kind of stuff. But yeah, uh, Claire, I <laughs> I really love and appreciate uh, because you you did write the viewing guide for the patrons. And when I saw it in the post drafts, I really did love that you referred to it as the last dance. It year. was. Because it really we was, knew. dude. We knew. It was we not just a surprise. It was the last dance. Yeah. <laughs> no we one like, thought that no one. Yeah, it was not a surprise. People knew. Yeah. MJ23, CP23. People were like, this is it gonna happen somewhere in the back of your minds and you know what we'll we'll get into that a little bit we were like oh we're gonna get into the discourse and yeah, yeah. like we, we, little, we are because yeah, right. yeah. a little bit and just because it's just fact it's a thing that happened guys so we're gonna um talk about that a little bit but uh as we transition into 2017 i mean that's uh it's hard to sort of look in hindsight now uh the type of player that Kristen press was right for for me like you're talking about like how you tied yourself like for me it was just like this player who um showed up on game days punched in did her fucking job punched out <laughs> went home and for you know this chicago and me to be perfectly honest i attach myself to those kind of players um i'm sort of the type of sports consumer uh where i don't I'm very human in that aspect. These people are human beings. They have lives and this is their job. Um, I don't feel like athletes owe me shit, you know, in terms of like uh, some people out there might try to put upon athletes. But uh, I appreciated that out of Kristen Press. Uh, yeah, you need a few 90-minute stoppage goals. Here you go. 
have several of them. <laughs> you know, like it was nice to see that. And it was kind of badass to know that you had one of the most lethal weapons in NWSL on your roster. And to sort of uh, watch Kristen Press from 2014 to through to 2017 and sort of see where the team was then to where they were in 2017, just sort of see and be able to recognize, really recognize the work that was put in to sort of become the team that they were and specifically from Kristen Press because we're in this final year for Kristen Press as a Red Star. And to this point, there's been a lot of best of her. I mean, we're talking about a player who really came over at NWSL and really sort of thrived at that top, you know, center forward position and then got put into the midfield in NWSL, a place where you have to literally die. <laughs> you get beat up if you're a midfielder in NWSL. That's yeah, just facts. Yeah. That's it's just all, facts. Right. It's also, right. Um, she, right. She was asked, she was asked to score fewer goals. Um, yeah. Which as we know, again, with the U S like if there are implications to that sort of a thing being asked of you, um, yeah, she was asked to come into the midfield. She was asked to play make. She had to come back for the ball a lot. Um, and I mean, the other thing I want to mention about, um, 2016 and 2017 is that she was the captain of the red stars. Yep. Uh, and that's real. That is a huge part of red stars history. We had Lori Kolupny, um, the original captain of, of the red stars. And then, um, press was a two year bridging of the gap between Kolupny and, and Ertz. So, um, man, then this is, this is a thing maybe I want to talk about a little bit more, which is that, um, Julie Ertz, Johnston Ertz was allowed to, she didn't have to become the captain young, um, which I think is actually an underrated thing. Uh, there are a lot of, there are some teams, obviously, I, I mean, we talked about this. We talked about this in the 2019 season. Um, and I keep bringing her up because I just I think she's great. Andy Sullivan. She's a great player. Um, Good and, player. Yeah, she's great. And, and she became captain very young because she was that kind of presence. She is that kind of presence for them, for the Washington spirit. But um, the fact that Julie Ertz had Lori Kolupny and then also for, for those years of, of Ertz truly coming into her own, not only as just like becoming – going from a person in her early 20s to a person in her mid-20s, which we all know is a big just transition into adulthood, um, and and also figuring out the midfield. This was a big transitionary period for Julie Ertz as well, where she was being tried in a couple different positions, and she went through a period where she was benched for the U.S., and I know that was really hard for her as well. And, and so press as a captain was – I think a very steady presence, a very steady person to have in that role um, in that she was pretty much in charge of whether or not things went well. Uh, and she took that on with a, with a lot of grace. And so I think that an important part of the 2016, 2017 story is, is Kristen press captain of the Chicago red stars um, because not only what she was able to do as a communicator for the rest of the team. And again, when she was asked to move into the midfield, all of those things kind of go hand in hand, but the fact that she was there for this real ascension of who Julie Ertz was, um, while taking some of the attention in, I think, a positive way. If people are talking about Kristen Press, they're not 
focused in on what Julie Ertz is, is trying to kind of figure out during that time. And I think that that's also very important in um, the trajectory of her career. Uh, and I think that yeah. that is cool. That's a very cool part of Chicago Red Stars history. Yeah, 100%. I um, you know, we're still sort of in this weird limbo of, uh, you know, the off season that went into a preseason that got halted because of a pandemic. And now we're whoosh jumping into like another preseason for uh, an NWSL tournament. Um, but back in the old days of 2017, um, a similar theme of a kit drop took place and the Red Stars going from 2016 in a second semifinal appearance heading into 2017 right um and really sort of having the vibe of it it made me laugh so much that you refer to it as <laughs> as the last dance because there was definitely the the vibe in sort of the perspective of uh, you know this concept of unfinished business right for the red stars um and it made sense that that happened around you know a team that had a player like Kristen Press where somewhere that was in the back of our minds because this was in a time where again expansion has been talked about in NWSL for like the last seven years so in terms of the timeline of things that was very real you know it just felt like oh there's a possibility that there's going to be expansion for 2018 and uh those types of things shake up rosters and break up teams you know so going into this 2017 season, uh, there was definitely that. Uh, the Red Stars went ahead and brought back the team, as they tend to do. They extended contracts to all of their 2016 uh, rostered players, and several of them accepted, and a good number of them made the final roster for 2017. Uh, and that still included a captain armband-wearing Kristen Press, and uh, like they now do, let's become like common tradition. There wasn't a big event for the kit that was dropped. It was a Chicago striped kit and a lot of cool photography that was done around it. They had a big event at the annex in Chicago. And one of the really cool things about it was uh, all the players who were involved in it as well. And there was opportunity to sort of um, have a bit of a, a media a pre-media session with a number of players before like all the unveiling of the jerseys and the photography was you know taking place and it was very cool to speak to certain players um Steph McCaffrey Casey Short were a couple of players that I hung out with that that night to, during the media session and the the perspective was there you could just tell they were sort of that that's what it was they weren't calling it last dance but they were there was definitely yes there's unfinished business here and we have like a goal and um, making my way, talking to some of these players, and then getting to Kristen Press, who was captain of this team, you're like, oh, yes, like, th this makes sense. Like, this is where it's coming from. This is what was being placed. And, um, you know, she, her making the references of that, like, oh, you know, we're, we're not the team that we were two years ago. You know, we're players and teammates who have been playing with each other for a few years now. We have experiences with each other. We know each other's movement. That's supposed to lead to more sophisticated soccer, and that's what I want for this team. And it was very um, refreshing um, to hear that <laughs> from Kristen Press because of the type of soccer that really we were used to watching from the Red Stars, uh, which was a lot of long ball, very direct, et cetera, et cetera. 
Um, but just very cool to sort of have those conversations uh, with her. And she spoke a bit about wearing that armband and being that captain and how that pushed her out of her own comfort zone because she was so com- like comfortable in being that kind of targeted centered forward. And when you're that targeted center forward, that you're very isolated. She, that's a word that Kristen Press has used a lot when it comes to some of her some of her interviews and talking about that in regards to leadership you know it's everything is happening behind you and she said that she said everything happening happens behind me I I rely on Julie Ertz a lot because she sees everything that I can't see and it was out of those conversations and interviews that we sort of learned that there was kind of a co-captaincy between them but that Kristen Press is the one who wore the armband on, on game days um so it was very cool to sort of um hear all that, share all that with you now, and then sort of take a look at this 2017 season. Because yes, ha ha ha, Kristen Press goes up against Orlando and wrecks them and takes them down. But it's everything that sort of happens up to this game that you and I both made sure that we rewatched in September, on September 3rd of 2017, because so much happens for the Red Stars as they enter this home stretch of the 2017 season. And on September 3rd, they take on North Carolina Courage. And we chose these two games in particular because people who are very locked in, who are maybe are also our patrons and listeners, might have also been aware that NWSL has done a rewatch series of their own. And they chose a Red Stars game in 2017 as well. And that actually took place before this September 3rd, 2017 game against Washington Spirit. So we chose this game because it was kind of like a good, you know, follow-up to, to that. And in this one, they faced North Carolina Courage and ended up winning 2-1. Yeah. Um, watching this game actually turned a tiny little corner of my perception of Chicago Red Stars history upside down because – and this is, this is very much how, like, things become real because of your own perception, which is just the um, – for me, I got a lot more serious about my quote-unquote analysis of the Red Stars um, going into 2018. Um, I was really mostly still watching as a fan for most of 2017. Um, and I had in my head that the Red Stars, the modern Red Stars, really began um, once everyone got healthy halfway through 2018. But if you really think about it, when you watch this game, the vision, the vision of the modern Red Stars was there at the end of 2017. Um, they, Yuki Nagasato played for the Chicago Red Stars in the end of 2017. So did Morgan Bryan. I mean, that's what Sandra was alluding to was this big switch um, where Christy Mewis got flipped uh, for the rights to Morgan Bryan from the Houston Dash. And um, man, we could probably talk about Christy Mewis all, all day, but um, you know, she is someone that is a very good soccer player and is unfortunately quite at, at that exact level where for a long time she was a person with a lot of trade value um, where people flipped her for what they thought was better. And, and that is just true. Um, that's the way the NWSL works sometimes. But um, so, so the, the beginnings of the modern Red Stars were there. Um, and they were there with Kristen Press, which it's, it's also kind of funny because by the end of 2017, like I said, I just don't think anyone thought that Press was staying. I think that we knew that this was kind of the end of, of that particular era for her and for the Red Stars. And, and so it's kind of crazy to watch this game and see the machinations of 
how the club was going to continue with this great player that they probably knew that they had limited time with and, and watching it work so well, you know, the original, the vision of, of Yuki and, and press, you know, and, and Yuki and Ertz, those were the, the two goal scorers in this game and Morgan Bryan coming in and all of that. And even, I mean, I was even just like, wow, like even the late 2017 NC courage, they're all they're missing is crystal Dunn, And it's the same team that we saw two years ago, you know, two years later. So, um, that was cool. We were joking before we started. It was not a good game. Um, <laughs> it was a very rock'em sock'em NWSL regular season game, but in the way that you're just like, wow, in retrospect, this was the beginning of the, the modern era for both teams was cool because I don't think 2017 is a year 2017 as an NWSL year, I think is mostly defined by its final, which was gross. And um, that's unfair because it was kind of a transitionary season for everybody. So I think that, um, I don't know. I just thought that that was very cool to watch. It was very cool to watch. Cause I, you know, I, again, I'm really glad that we, I mean, I, and I hope that people were able to find time and space for themselves to just be brainless and watch an old soccer game. And hopefully it was this way um because and so you know when we decided to sort of do this rewatch series we knew really early on that we pro- we weren't gonna we weren't interested in doing games that had just happened in 2019 that we that wasn't an era that we were going to cover um even though that's what you know we're referring to now as as the sam Carr era you know from 2018 to 2019 and uh, we just knew that that wasn't something that, that we were interested in doing. We really wanted to do the older games. Um, but I'm really glad we got to rewatch this game because it's a game with the two goals that happened in this game are the two goals that in Red Star's history that I that I really rank up there, that I think about pretty pretty often. And uh, talking about 2016 and then going into 2017 and sort of the movement that takes place when you go through an experience like the semifinal loss and things that you try to address and holes that you try to plug in and iron out, you know, Kingston, you try to iron out and make your team better to compete the following year. And um, for me, the Red Stars making an international signing in Yuki Nagasato was supposed to address so many of those things and um watching what we witnessed in 2018 and in 2019 between sam kerr and yuki nagasato was incredibly special and what you witness in this game specifically are a lot of what ifs for me because when they get a player like Yuki Nagasato, it's a big signing. People were very excited about it. I was one of those people who was very excited about it. I was like, yes, Japanese international coming to Chicago. I'm here for it. Let's get it. Let's go. Thank you, Alyssa Nair, for laying down the groundwork. It's happening. You know, but they get Yuki Nagasato, and she unfortunately has to work herself back through some some injury issues or some hamstring issues that were lingering for her that she had to work through. And in between travel and getting back and those things lingering, it's just, she just didn't find herself 
at 90 minutes pitch fit in 2017, the year that she was signed to the Red Stars. And watching this game in particular, um, you see players get subbed on in this match in the second half where the dynamic on the pitch just completely shifts. And Yuki Nagasato gets subbed in and Morgan Bryan gets subbed in and shit just gets very real very fast. Yeah. And it's, mean, it's beautiful to witness. It's beautiful to witness. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think, I think this is something that um, – we're not going to talk about, sorry guys, but um, there is, <laughs> there is a period of time, I think probably a, an accurate, an accurate description of the arc of an NWSL Chicago Red Stars is that um, there is a period from the middle of 2017 to the middle of 2018, where they never, where injuries really messed them up. Um, they had injury, like Morgan, Bry the Morgan Bryan that they got halfway through 2017 is not the healthy Morgan Bryan that we know now. Um, yeah. and Yuki Nagasato had to deal with a lot of fitness stuff at the tail end of 2017. She didn't get to come in healthy. The beginning of 2018, you guys all remember it was a shit show. DiBernardo was hurt. Ertz was hurt. Bryan was hurt. It was, their entire midfield was completely eradicated by injuries. So um the there there is we don't you know it's not something that that we like to harp on because there's literally nothing anyone can do rage against god i guess but um there is part of this momentum from 2017 2018 to 2019 where the red stars were robbed of some very specific momentum due to injury um, from that period of about halfway through the NWSL season of 2017 to halfway through the NWSL season of 2018. Um, and that's just real. It's just part of it. And so I think that when we talk about this end of 2017 time with Kristen press, it is a, what if, what if everyone was healthy? Um, what if Morgan Bryan had been empowered to be able to do what she can do now in 2017? What if Yuki came in and was able to be 90 minutes fit? You know, I think a lot of things would have felt very different. Um, you, I mean, you guys know this. Yuki Nagasato is an incredibly special player, and she can make any striker look like God, is what we've learned. Um, and so, yeah, I think more time with Yuki and Press would have been really interesting. Um, and I think it's also just kind of fascinating to see how Chicago was building a good and like better soccer team, um, in the midst of kind of understanding that their star striker probably wasn't going to be there for a lot of that. Um, and I think that it's, it's cool. It's, it's a testament to kind of everyone involved to go back and watch this game, um, this game was bad. I've said this a couple times. Uh, there were a lot of really awful fouls in this game. Um, the, oh God, going back and watching the broadcast, the broadcast, they couldn't shut up about North Carolina. They were just like, <laughs> and honestly, North Carolina was kicking Chicago's ass for a lot of this game, but, um, classic oh, red stars they grinded it those out jerseys were fucking ugly man. oh my god those were the, uh, those are the ugliest jerseys in nwsl history the we're talking gray, about the courage yeah, sorry the guys courage. yeah 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 the courage they were wearing like it was like the gradient jersey so like the, the oh gross the gradient that you saw in the 2015 world cup but it was like gray like a gray it was literally gray. a gray deint yeah it was <laughs> 
it was awful. It was terrible. Um, and yeah, I mean, the courage were good. Um, they were playing really well at the time and it got so physical so fast. This was like peak McCall's or bony, just like yeah. causing chaos in the midfield. And, and there's a brilliant moment in this game that has nothing to do with what we've been talking about, but where Danny Colaprico has had enough of McCall's or Boney's bullshit. And she, as small as she is, she grabs her and she pulls her down yep. and she walks away as she gets the yellow card. And I was like, that is the energy that you yep. need from Danny Colaprico. That's why she's the goat. Um, yep. Yeah, so there's, oh. there's a lot of great <laughs> – Julie Ertz, literally at the end of this game, Julie Ertz, I kept trying to gif it, but my computer is old and, and struggling, so I couldn't. But um, Julie Ertz hogs Abby Ursag at the end of this game. She walks up to the refs. She goes, good game, good game, points at the center ref and goes, you, and then keeps – like she was joking, but like not really joking. The refing <laughs> in this game was interesting. Um, anyway – it changes when the game. Morgan Bryan it was comes a, in. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was gonna say it was it was a bad game, but it was also like a good bad game. Oh man, it was just I would say that at this moment, um, where it's been so long without soccer and I don't feel great most of the time, I enjoyed just how NWSL that game was. That was a pure... I'm gonna go on the record here and say if you want a preview of what's probably gonna happen in the challenge cup. <laughs> Watch this 2017 Watch game. game. Yeah, that's what's gonna happen. Right. I just feel I just something I feel in my bones, and I'm going with it. Yeah. Um, but again, not to try not to um, to not to try and dig in too deep into a 2017 semifinal because again, we're gonna recap that stuff for you guys separately. We will just say that the Red Stars in this in this time they made it to a third consecutive semifinal. Chris and Press's team went all the way again into the playoffs uh, and unfortunately uh, fell short. And what the fallout from that led to um, the last two years that we bear witness to for the Red Stars. Yeah, and, and it is a complicated thing. And I think we're getting to the point in this conversation where I'm going to be honest, I think Sandra and I are going to be very careful about tone because um, there are two sides to the story and I think everyone is valid. Everyone is, has good points to make. Um, a thing that everyone knew at the time, but people might not remember is that the choice before the 2017 semifinal um, was to not play their starters in their final or final regular season game against Portland. They threw, they threw a game against Portland um, at the end of their regular season. I understand the reasoning behind that. Um, the players after the game, which they lost, they lost to Portland. Um, the players against the game were upset. Uh, they wanted to play. And um, that was a, a complicated uh, emotional thing that was happening going into the 2017 semifinal because, you know, I think – you had you had a, a coaching decision that theoretically made a lot of sense. The NWSL schedule is grinding. It is hard. Having fresh legs is very important. Um, the Chicago Red Stars are competitors to their bones. Kristen Press is a competitor. And it amplified, I think, 
this feeling that things as they as they were um not everyone was always on the same page i guess is is maybe all i'm saying and then they went into the semifinal and we will talk about it more in depth it wasn't great um especially for someone like Kristen press whose job is to score goals uh what was asked of her was not to really try to do that and i think that it's just it's 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 uh it felt like a more emotional ending than it needed to be just the nature of the way that particular season ended um and i think i think it it in retrospect um it added it added perhaps to the significance of the 2016 team um, because 2017 ended in a little bit on an underwhelming way. And I think that, um, I think that everyone walked away from that. I can't speak for anybody, but I felt at the end of that season that change would be good, that you had perhaps reached the end of a road and it's okay to reach the end of a road and you just figure out what's works best for everybody at the end of that. Yeah, fun fact. Uh, I went to Portland and covered that game. That no that shit. I didn't know yeah. that. No. Fun fact. I I went to Portland. That was, I think, my first ever trip to Portland, oh, if man. I remember correctly. Ooh, bad vibes, dude. Bad vibes. Yeah, it was. It was memorable, even for me. Uh, I was in the mix zone. Where the now infamous, you know, I'm Kristen Press's mad quote came out, was part of the scrum um, that was speaking to her about it. I actually have the audio somewhere that I will keep to myself. <laughs> but I will say that um, I feel like I got blown out of proportion and tone is very important. But you also sort of had to in saying that you also sort of have to recognize the kind of player that in person that Chris Impress is. So it's very easy to have someone like her say, you know, I'm frustrated and I'm mad and then just sort of take her at her word, even if she wasn't like showing this exuberance amount of emotion or tone, you just got to kind of take a player at their word, but they're competitors and they want to compete. And you feel like that's, you know, out of your control, then you're going to, you know, feel some way about it. But yeah, no, I totally was there and I covered that game. And it was interesting to sort of be there for that and then know that they were going to be heading into uh, Carolina for that semifinal. So there were a number of things at play there for them at the, at the end of the season. Um, seating was still at play um, and stuff like that, you know, and the way that it was shaking out is that they went to go play Carolina they had to travel. They didn't get to stay and just take on Portland. Orlando sort of snuck in and got that seed and got crushed. And their semifinal, you know, and it was what it was. And um, we'll get more into the tactics or maybe lag thereof of that semifinal in our next episode. But I also will say this. <laughs> to go from a mix on like that with Kristen Press and then um, be on a call with her heading into the 2017 semifinal were completely different perspectives because she and Rory Dames 
were the representatives of the team heading into that um, semifinal in terms of uh, media availability, like on press calls and stuff like that. And I remember uh, one of my questions was just sort of like to Kristen Press was about like her perspective of the season as a whole. Because again, like being on the ground in Chicago, you just sort of knew and already heard and had in the back of your mind and sort of known what was potentially coming in the off season, right? And to sort of have that knowledge and like ask her about season in a whole. And I do remember her saying in this conference call that um, – this was probably her most favorite season with the Red Stars because she felt like it was her most complete season because it was. And she felt like in the eras of the World Cup and in 2016 that as national team players and allocated players, they pulled away from their club very often. And in 2017, they were able to play complete games, a complete like club season with their team. And that she felt um, that she got to experience all of the things that she wanted to experience with the Red Stars and the Red Stars teammates in 2017, which I think sort of makes, you know, the 2017 a different kind of a bummer, right, in terms of, uh, of the semifinals. So to sort of uh, have that kind of be like Chris and Press and maybe kind of her last Red Stars comments, right, like kind of heading into semifinal, I thought was sort of um, maybe a little bit telling in, in itself if you were reading between the lines or looking at the writing on the ball so to speak yeah Um, I mean I think I think it would be it would be fair to say that um post-game quotes are always blown out of proportion Um, always always you know I think you know with a with a with a lot of people searching for narrative ourselves included um you're asking someone right after they've played a 90 minute soccer game where they either won or they lost and they either feel good or feel bad about that. And, and they're just going to tell you how they feel in that moment. And the idea that that feeling should last forever is unfair to them, honestly. Um, Yeah. I mean, Chris and press was always, again, even in a year where you just could kind of feel that this was maybe about the end of, of this particular road. She was always professional. She always wanted to win soccer games with this team. And yeah, I mean, I rage about this all the time. We don't get any time with these players. 2017 was the only full season press played with the Red Stars. She came in halfway through 2014. She had international tournaments in 2015 and 2016. So 2017 was the only year that she actually played an entire season with that team. Um, And that is also just kind of a complicated part of what it means to be a prominent women's soccer player in this country. Um, and And I think that, yeah, I think you're exactly right. And I think that Um, I honestly believe that there are members of the media that really lean into that kind of controversy sometimes when they get quotes from people that are a little bit heated. And I think that um, there are, I just think, yeah, I mean, I, I don't really have a point here other than just the ending of this story in this era was less controversial. Well, we'll get into the trade, I guess. But um, 
before that. You can still I was have less a lot controversial of love for the city and a lot of love for the time you spent somewhere and the experience that you had there. Um, while wanting a different job. <laughs> I think maybe that's what it comes Thanks. down to, you know? <laughs> you can love the You will city. get no disagreement from me. Yeah, and I think that, I think that, that is a, a thing that we don't talk about a lot in women's soccer. I think that there's a lot of labor of love conversation. There's a lot of um, feelings about the, the community that we're building and all of that is very important. And also to be completely honest, the kind of player that Kristen Press is, is not the kind of player that Chicago is looking for anymore. They've changed. They want something different now in terms of buy-in. Um, and, you know, that is okay. Did a job. I'm going to virtual cheers to you for Kristen Press. Shout out to Kristen Press in the Kristen Press era. Thanks for the memories. Clank. Cheers. What is uh, one down, uh on this note, because there's not really much to get into after that. Uh, Kristen Press's uh, Red Stars career came to an end in January of 2018 when an official trade was made. It was a big, big trade between three teams and uh, involved Chicago, Houston, and Sky Blue, and it saw the arrival of, um, of some player named uh, Sam Kerr and uh, some Red Stars legend named Nikki Stanton. So, shout out to them. And uh, Kristen Press took a different journey and then made her return back to NWSL and is currently with the uh, Utah Royals FC. I will say this um, is that um, I was really happy. I really was happy that Kristen press, it was from the experience of living through 2015 and 2016. I reveled in the moment that Kristen press had in the 2019 world cup semifinal. I loved that moment. Um, and yep. I am sad that she's not going to get the 2020, uh, Olympics that she was preparing for. Cause I think she would have been very good. Um, yeah, same. It was very dope to witness her 2019 world cup moment in Chicago at that watch party. It was incredible. It was scenes when Kristen press scored that goal. It was, it was amazing you had to be there I don't know what else to tell y'all um and some of you were so uh it was dope to see that and uh it was dope to see the listen to your save and um it was quite honestly dope to see her return to NWSL back in 2018 when she um dipped out to Europe for a little bit and then came back to uh to join up with Utah Royals because uh I don't know if I dig an NWSL without Kristen Press. She's uh, she's pretty dope. I can cut them up here on the club scene. So uh, shout out to her. This episode was a blast. I, I low-key couldn't wait for us to get to this episode. I know that you and I uh, have feelings about it, and we really wanted to get to this one um, because so much of Red Star's history is uh, really tied to, to Kristen Press. And... Um, so much of the club and its supporter culture has really grown um, since her days here. So it's uh, it's it was just something that I know that you and I wanted to get into and be able to talk about and relive some dope memories, some fun goals, and uh, some pretty badass moments uh, from her. Claire, what is like the most? What is like the biggest thing that you're maybe grateful for, 
Chris impressed and watching her play with the Red Stars. I, <laughs> I, I will say, this is so petty. And this is again before really when I was doing media, but um, I liked that people talk so much shit about Kristen Press for the U.S. I liked it because she was dropping goals on yep. everyone else's faves team <laughs> all every dang week, and yeah. so I liked I liked the feeling of okay. You guys can talk about that because like, I like, I, I like the U S a whole lot, but you know, they're not Chicago and I'm like, okay, you guys talk your shit. All right. But, um, seeing her do the shit that she did in the league after those U S games or whatever. I loved that. I was like, you know what? If you guys don't want to appreciate it, you don't have to, um, yep. but I'm going to enjoy it while we got it. And I'll, I'll take that chip on my shoulder too. I got the chip on my shoulder because, well, I did for as long as she played for Chicago because when she was a Chicago red star, I was like, I'll take that chip on you guys wait while she wrecks your, you know, CVs fucking life. Yeah, honestly, I'll take that chip on too. I'll take it a step further and just say, uh, if you don't stand black women, I side eye you. And that's that. <laughs> and that's that on that. Claire. Yep. Where can the good people find you in your work? Yeah. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at, scout ripley um i put out a little piece this past week about you know we're not sure exactly what our coverage is going to be for the utah tournament because we have no idea a what we're going to be allowed to do um and b what we're going to have the emotional and mental capacity to do so we'll figure it out as it goes along um we're going to be doing stuff that you're not going to get anywhere else i can guarantee that so i think that you should follow Southside trap i think that you should subscribe to the Southside Trap Patreon. And I think that um, you should pay attention to what Sandra is doing. I think that you should also um, pay attention. I mean, this has nothing to do with us, but um, the no- the person you should follow uh, right now in sports media is Bria Felician because she is doing really, really good work down in Atlanta. And she spoke with Sandra um, and Stephanie Young in a panel about diversity and inclusion in NWSL media last week. And everything she said was so smart and I respect her so much. And um, we need more black voices in NWSL media. And I think that you guys should all go support. Don't, don't, don't follow me, follow her. Want it. Uh, Claire, I want to thank you for taking the time to a join in and be like a participant in that panel and take it all in because it was something like it was work for myself and the other women who were involved and it wasn't really thinking in terms of uh, content but turns out that was like really important stuff and I really appreciate you being able to sort of record that because we did not have any sort of uh we, we messed up guys we messed up on the recording and unfortunately we were unable to get anything down but Claire in true allyship in action had our back and um, went ahead and documented some of that stuff and put it on out there on southsidetrap.com. You can take a look at it and check out some of the things we said, some of the cool things and smart things that Meg, Steph, and Bria said and some of the stuff that I said as well, if you're into that. 
but yeah, I'm uh, right there with Claire. I appreciate it. I always appreciate it when people follow me. I think that that's nice. Um, but you don't have to. If you are into that, you could do that at Sandrera underscore H E R R E R A underscore on Twitter. But I'll second that. Follow Bria and uh, follow uh, Black Voices and Black Writers. We need more of them in the uh, sports landscape in general, not just women's sports, but especially uh, right now and in the future. And uh, yeah, I also just want to thank everybody for um, joining us on this crazy ride that we've been on and that we're still currently on um, in terms of this pandemic, because it's not over, guys, even though parts of the country are opening up and people and places are entering phases and reopening the country. So please continue to be safe and be smart. And um, thank you all for really helping support us and trying to help sustain us through this time as we produce this content. Um, so please continue your support and please subscribe to Southside Track Podcast on the Patreon if you haven't already. If you are unable, if that's just something that's difficult for you to do during this time, we understand that uh, everyone's going through some financial strife at this moment, ourselves included. So you can still be supportive of Southside Trap Podcast, the podcast that helps you stay on side with the Chicago Red Stars. And you can do that by following us on all social media channels on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Southside Trap Pod with one letter P. So go ahead and give us a follow and you can uh, stream us and download us on Anchor, iTunes, Spotify. Go ahead and find us. Give us a like, subscribe, leave us a rating and a review. That stuff helps us out tremendously when we're trying to produce Chicago Red Stars content for you all. So everybody stay safe, wash your hands, wash your face, and uh, support and protect Black Lives.